a voice like a butterfly, and humor that sometimes stings like a honeybee. But laughter is sweet, and so am I, your sister love extraordinaire, Red Sonia, a.k.a. The Song Bee. Hey, hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Sister Love, episode 20 of the Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar podcast. Sister Love Untethered and un- Under the Radar is unapologetic, unapologetically opinionated with discussions relevant to women of color, along with experience, solutions, and recommendations, highlighting a woman of excellence. So, today's solo cast may contain the rambling thoughts, a rant or more, strong opinions, but will always end in an encouraging word of a vibrant woman, says moi. So how you living? Hey, it is the end of 2019. And it is time for the drum roll, the pH level check-in. pH level, that is P squared. Humor times happiness. So what is your pursuit of happiness level? My pH level today is a five. And the pH factor. Well, my pH factor is anything that happens to impact and keep my levels and my joy up there that brings things that bring me joy, that brings me happiness, that puts a smile on my face. That's all I'm concerned with, whether it's, you know, at the, the reward at the end of exercising. That's the pH factor. So now I ask you, what is your pH at level? Pause. And what were the factors of your pH? What's your pH factor? What were the things that actually brought uh, joy or happiness or peace into your life? It could be exercise, it could be meditation, it could be massage, or sharing with others, giving, receiving, having quality time. I hope you had some wonderful pH factors. The thing for me that I am finding with practice uh, is being able to control the negativity around and keeping that. That's how I keep my pH factor up. Now, how do we do this? So let's say, for example, we all go through our day-to-day lives, but there's always something that gets us, that comes at us unexpectedly. And before you know it, you know, you're responding. I know that I can respond quickly and feel tempered with a host of uncomfortable and unhealthy emotions or just thoughts. This probing thoughts coming in and out of my head, same old negative thought. It may be anger, hostility, jealousy, distrust of someone, dislike of someone or something. These are things that ultimately cause mental imbalances and eventually depression. And before you know it, you have physical, mental, and clinical illness. Now you're wondering why you can't get out of a rut. So... I can either passively say, respond to all the things that come my way and just fall into the rut 
and just have that bad attitude? Have you ever come across someone with just a bad attitude? And you really don't want to be around. It's like, wow, how did I end up being around these folks? You want to hurry up, escape it, right? Or you could be the one with a bad attitude. Now, the option is to just deal with the bad attitude and accept it. Or, or I or you can choose consciously to shift your mental trajectory and persona to one of calmness, control, and cool-headedness. Well, I choose the latter. Now, a few years ago, would I have chosen the latter? Maybe about five, ten years ago? No. I would be griping and harping and probably bitching. But no. At this point, again, I choose to shift, purposely shift my mental trajectory which puts me in control. That means I am working on mastering self. Self-mastering means mastering emotion, behaviors, and practicing discipline over desire. I'll give you an example. So at the end of the month of December, I would say for the last couple of weeks, I have been intentionally fasting throughout the day and having one meal. Now, I'm not saying this to recommend this to anyone else. But this is for mental and spiritual cleaning. And they do this in, in different parts of the world as a part of uh, a very sacred time, a holy time, uh, and a time to uh, of sacrifice. For me, uh, the holiday season means overindulgence. And it's not just overindulgence in your spending, uh, but overindulgence in drinking and eating and, you know, I mean, all the things that almost seems like the sins of the flesh. And then all of a sudden, New Year's comes and everybody's under pressure to get in the gym, to lose weight, to go on this diet, that diet, so forth. For me, the end of the year is more about reflection, going inward, taking control and contemplating what I did for that year. Did I achieve any of the goals that I intended to? Um, I don't want to start the beginning of the year, you know, running in a rat race with everyone else with all of these false ideologies all around me. If it's not a practice in your life, you're not going to see an outcome and you're not going to see a change. You have to begin with some controls and reflections on yourself and look, looking at it from from that way going into a new year. At least, you you know, again, it's going it's about gaining more clarity, the things that are going to raise your pH level. It's creating some disciplines and the set of disciplines for yourself uh, rather than externally life circumstances forces uncomfortable pain upon you mentally mentally physically financially all those things so you do the sacrifice through the discipline because discipline is a way for us to experience intentional discomfort so that we can be stronger 
improved, healthier, wiser, intentionally. So, again, it's about, you know, finding out what are the best practices for yourself. And if you don't have that reflection for yourself, then it'll be forced upon you in a way that you don't want to accept it. It's almost like being sentenced to do prison time and you weren't expecting it. You didn't want, you don't want to accept it, but guess what? You got to do it. So, you know what? It's better that you get ahead of, of the game than life throw you a set of circumstances as a result from maybe perhaps your action or it catch you uh, left field. You didn't see it coming. But it's reacting to things. How do you react to the unexpected? You know, particularly when it's unpleasurable. Most unexpected things aren't gifts of pleasure. They're usually gifts of displeasure. So you have a choice. And you can approach it from a place of calmness. You can shift your attitude about how you look at a situation. You can be cool-headed. And it comes with, with mastery of self. Now, how does this come and what's the easiest and shortcut to this? I call it, it is removing yourself from thought domination. Thought domination is not always good when it's something that is taking over your being, your thought. If there's something that's pressing you that you feel obsessed with, a negative thought that's constant, continuous, that's toxic, that's poison. You have to remove yourself from the negative routines, the thoughts, people, habits, things. Therefore, an example, again, my fasting is an intentional way to remove myself from habits that I take for granted. And I don't want to ever take food for granted, but but I do. We're American. We grow up into a culture that doesn't say that we have to do these things. We don't have to fast. We don't have to be disciplined about how we eat. We have fast food to make bad eating and bad habits accessible at our fingertips. But what do you do to discipline those things when, when everything is in your face? Good, bad, and bad. Because <laughs> there's more bad than there is good. Well, okay, so another way from uh, uh, handling thought domination is silencing the mind through meditation. This is what I do. I have to put thought domination and hit the pause button. If you don't hit the pause button, you're going to find yourself in states of mild insanity or different degrees of it because it can get out of hand. And usually when you're watching the 6 o'clock news about some craziness that happened, oftentimes it's because thought domination was never put on pause. They just went cuckoo. Some of it is meditated and some of it is uh, just in the in the moment of craziness. Either way, crazy is crazy. But if you can't control control your mind and your thoughts, then you're vulnerable to just being crazy. <laughs> now, sometimes there's a good crazy. 
And uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, I would like to think that I have a little good craziness, which means that I'm not taking myself too seriously. You know, got to have a little humor in that. Otherwise, uh, life will make you crazy. But you got to remove yourself from thought domination. You can silence your mind through meditation. And you can use other, utilize other ways to put yourself on a mental pause. And they're not as long and as effective as medita- meditation. Uh, of course, you could use medication. Not recommended. Because that's one thing you want to do. You want to get yourself from under the uh, dependency of pharmaceuticals. Where someone else is controlling your psyche. Based on the meds. And as soon as the meds are taken away, you're you're crazy. You You can't. You can't even get off the let. You're crazy if you stay on, and you're crazy if you get off. So you can get ahead of craziness and put it all on pause. Uh, of course, you know, and you, if you're that traumatized in your life, then definitely you need, uh, you know, serious uh, medical intervention. Maybe psychological intervention. I certainly recommend it if you feel that you need it. If you're vulnerable to hurting yourself and harming yourself, most absolutely. But for average people, that really is just all about having a little discipline in your life and just saying, you know what, I just want to be improved. I just want to take some steps to improve myself. Well, one step is to purposely put thought domination on pause. You can take walks, long meditative walks, and just enjoy the scenery. You know, look at things you wouldn't normally look at. Notice nature around you. Notice uh, birds. Uh, Notice any, you know, uh, trees and just try to imagine what, what are plants, bushes, something unusual. Things that you wouldn't notice normally. And actually, the more in practice of meditation or putting thought domination on pause, you become so much more aware that you begin naturally to notice things that you wouldn't notice before. And I'm not just talking about nature, even circumstances, situations, and maybe even in terms of relationships. All of that is very real. You can exercise, so, you know, that focus and exertion through physical exertion releases, you know, endorphins, a certain brain chem- chemistry that when you finally you stop exercising, you know, you feel an exertion, then, then you feel uh, elation and then a calmness. You may be, have a sore ass after, <laughs> you know, your muscles, but it's worth it. You just love on yourself and massage or get treated or take hot baths and saunas. You know, it's all about loving on you. You can do some deep breathe, breathing, which is not only good for the, you know, the mental aspect, but the physical aspect. Deep breathing and meditation actually lowers your blood pressure. So if you come from a family that has a tendency to have high blood pressure, you can slow down your heartbeat, lower your blood pressure. And for those who are meds, I mean, really, really put these things to practice with a good diet, 
you can naturally lower your blood pressure and naturally lower your blood sugar. This is just all with uh, managing thought domination and knowing how to put things on pause. So the benefits of emptying your mind is that you're creating a positive projection that will improve your outlook, improve your demeanor, your attitude, your persona. I mean, anyone that does this practice for 30 days, 30 to 90 days, you will see a shift in that person. They're not going to be the same person that started out in day one if you could do the 90-day challenge of putting your thought domination on pause. Keep a journal and just journal daily or weekly, 90 days, challenge. Now, and even if the challenge would be, you don't even have to practice it every day, recommend it, but, you know, challenge yourself to take, first start out with 10 minutes for the first 30 days, then go to 20 minutes for the next 30 days, then go to 30 minutes in the final 30 days, up to 90 days. You know, it'll be your 90th day, you'll be complete. Journal it, at least weekly. And just see how your thoughts evolve. And take your blood pressure, maybe weekly. See if you notice anything from when you first began and the last week that you ended. I guarantee you you'll see a difference, an improvement in health, and attitude and, and focus. So, so yes, it will uh, change your trajectory and improve your attitude. You'll have a, a sharp mental awareness that you didn't have before. It'll, it creates clarity. Your focus is clear. It helps to increase your mental, physical, and chemical energy levels. Just to be able to have high energy levels. That means that your brain chemistry is shifting and changing. So it's impacting your attitude and outlook and making you feel all good. And, you know, if you were someone who had good humor before, but you felt that going away, it may come back. If you were created before, not there anymore, it may come back. Maybe some new things will happen. But just unfolding, ever evolving, don't stop growing. Just put your thought domination on pause. You may find that you could perform your activities just day to day with greater ease, less trepidation, less fear, less anxiety. And it's like, even when a problem comes, it's like, oh, that's there. That's, there's that bill in the mail. It's what? Oh, okay. I guess I'll call them and deal with it. Okay. <laughs> Instead of approaching it, with a necky attitude. If you don't know what a necky attitude, just use your imagination of somebody on the one side of the counter who's upset, yelling and screaming, and that neck and head is just going. That way, you want to avoid being necky. And that those are some of the benefits of practicing discipline and putting thought domination on pause. That's how... I helped to raise my pH factor in pursuit of health and happiness. And that's how you can raise your pH level to a 5. So my topic for today is rethinking Christmas and post-holiday anxieties.
So yes, it is the holiday season and there are old anxieties and new ones. First, with Thanksgiving, the anxiety may be around being around family, maybe friends, or just being around people that happen to cause you anxiety. Anxiety comes with having to shop for your Thanksgiving meal. There's the turkey, there's the ham. Some people have to have the honey-baked ham and the trimmings. That means now you've got the parking lots. Not only you got to go here to pick up this, you got to go there. you got to go 10 places. You have to deal with 10 parking lots, getting in the parking lot, finding a park, getting out of the parking lot. You know, maybe somebody cut you off. Somebody took your parking lot. When you came out, there was a dent on your car or a scratch that wasn't there before. Now, then you had to stand in the long lines. And there were different attitudes in the long line. And then, you know, there was the cooking. And you didn't have help. Somebody was supposed to help you cut the onions. Somebody was supposed to bring the stuffing. Somebody was supposed to do this. Everybody didn't cooperate. It's always something. And then you had to clean. And the person, you know, other people didn't help you. And you got stuck with all these dishes and cleaning. And it took two days to do this. Somebody broke that. (laughs) How do you escape these anxieties? And before you know it, it's Christmas. And this year, they started advertising Christmas right after Halloween. You don't get a break before they're reaching in your pocket. There's anxiety now. It's Christmas and you don't have any money. You're just broke. You're just broke. And you have anxiety because either you're spending beyond your means or you're giving beyond your means. And you just don't have it. Did you know that one point, well, not one, but 165.8 million people go shopping between Thanksgiving, Black Friday, and Cyber Monday? Not even, uh, not even counting post-Christmas holiday sales. Just shopping. American society, we become just obsessed with shopping. I mean, now we have it everywhere. Technology has made it easier for you to go broke. And we have to admit that the generation that we live in, the days and times, we have access and we're living off of so much more in luxuries, even being poor on all levels. We're living off of such luxuries and accessibilities than any generation before. They've made everything with uh, accessible. It doesn't matter whether it was bought cheap, whether it's on sale, whether it was made in China. Everybody on all levels and all scales can have things that not just rich people have. Maybe the quality is better because a rich person can buy a higher grade of something. But today's generation, we have access to everything far more than previous generations did at a lower cost. And now we've become a retail-obsessed, must-have-obsessed culture. We are in 
Guerrilla Marketing Integrated 9000. There is a 5% increase in consumer spending, almost averaging for the last five years. And each year, there's more emphasis on pre and day of holiday sales. That means not only on Thanksgiving Day and on Christmas Day, but people are either missing dinner to stand in line to get those holiday deals because this is what the retailers are doing. There's, first it was moving the, holiday, the, the uh, shopping days after the holiday. Now it's before the holiday. Then it was before the holiday, the day before. Now it's the day of. Now, how does that impact the tradition of our holiday dinners with friends and family? Does that mean that now we're going to, or is this the beginning of the end of the tradition of family and friends gatherings? Now we have the disrupted tradition of coming together as friends and families disrupted for another deal. <laughs> How about that? Our whole culture with technology and the ability of, of corporations to get in our face, in our eye, in our subconscious through all forms of media, which we carry cell phones everywhere we go. Everything's in our face. So we're being seduced subliminally on a constant. Even when you're, uh, even when you're sleeping and while you're awake, they are putting in messages for all us, for goodness sake. Oh, you better watch out. You better not shout. You better not cry. And I'm telling you why. The retail giants in your pockets. And you'll be broke. So, <laughs> post-Thanksgiving and the beginning of nightmares before and after Christmas. It's not the night nightmare before Christmas. It's the nightmare before and after Christmas when the bills are due. Did you know that the average household of $50,000 uh, net income spends $1,000? Average for Christmas. People go into debt at, due to Christmas spending. So after all that good old eating, excessive eating, excessive drinking, uh, not paying attention, oh, you know, and, and going into stores and being tempted and buying all sorts of things. And then come around January, when that first bill comes due, it's like, oh, my stomach hurts <laughs> from all the excess. Holiday debt makes uh, may take years to pay off. I mean, it, it, it causes people to go into debt, but it also can take, in some cases, a few years to get paid off. It, certainly months. You know, so if you find you have to question yourself, whether it's worth it or not. Are you falling into the, the traps that are being set for us? You know, is your mind being, you know, I, I heard something the other day, uh, 
that said that technology was taking over our brains. This is a form of how technology is taking over your brains. I mean, we were already vulnerable and subject to uh, the savvy advertisement. You know, uh, corporations that spend millions upon millions in boardrooms and and conference rooms to figure out what new way to get you to spend. Never sleep. So if this is a way technology is, is one way taking over our brain, besides becoming obsessed with um, game playing, because that's another way, you know, you get hooked to these little electronic games on your cell phone and, and you know, you can't break away every little moment you get. And it does distract, but they're still putting commercials in your head through those games as well. <laughs> So, I happened to come across a article online. It was uh, published in 2016, and it's on the Morning Call website. The article is called The Key Signs That You Can't Afford Christmas. And it gives you a few tips about how to consciously take control and ask yourself a few questions whether or not you should be spending or you need to make other choices. Now, and some of these tips, if you think about it, it's not just spending around Christmas, it's just spending all together, you know, whether it's birthdays or, you know, other holidays you find yourself spending, but the biggest one is Christmas. So it starts out, the first tip is that prioritize. Uh, I'll let me say that again. Prioritize. Capital P. Okay? Just have a priority of what's what's more important and what's not. What is a a need and what's a want. Those are two ways to simply prioritize. If saving for a big financial goal like a home, that's huge. If you have a timeline that you're saving for a home or a timeline you've been engaged for the last how many years promising, you know, to get the dress, this, that, and the other. If you're saving for a wedding or a big special anniversary, a once-in-a-lifetime vacation, paying off a large debt, or a large repair that you know that has to happen to that car, or the home that you've been putting off, that repair, or if you, you know that you need just a few more payments to get out of bankruptcy, then this is the time to say, should I be spending or putting this money away? Is it a want or is it a need? Is it necessary? The answer to that may, you may need to opt out of gifts exchanges or material giving. Just explain to the adults, hey, I don't have it this year. Or I have to do A, B, C. I have to do B. I have to do C. You know, it's a priority. And this year, I'm opting out. You know, my budget won't allow it. If there are kids involved, like you have a family of five, siblings, all adults, and each have three kids or two kids, and typically everybody gets a gift, not just for the adults, for the kids. And you can't do it this year. You know what? One gift card. And have the parents explain to the kids, auntie, uncle so-and-so could only do this this year. So this is what we're going to do. Use it for something else. Okay? Maybe it's to buy a pizza. Have a pizza night. 
Keep it within your means. Don't give outside of your means. Another recommendation is is to, first of all, so that you don't jeopardize uh, your ability to make your normal and customary payments for your bills. Why not be creative? Be creative. Being creative means that you could do something like create a new memory. Uh, well, first of all, you could do something creative like making cookies or uh, giving away crafty gifts. How about repurposing, you know, throughout the year? Save all those gift cards, or not gift cards, but greeting cards, and take a craft class uh, that will show you how to repurpose those cards in a way that you could give back, you know, in some kind of art form. And before you know it, the end of the year, You've got you've collected a few little artsy things that you did made by your own hands. My, is that special? <laughs> I mean, truly, you could do something really quite different. I mean, there are craft classes. You could, even though it's simple, and the gift may not be a lasting one. But suppose you took those repurposed cards or you know jewelry that you lost pieces to, and you know, and you did something crafty. Made a bracelet, a necklace, a waist bead, uh, made a frame, a picture frame. And these are things that you could give as gifts. Why not? Okay? You're, you're leaving less of a carbon footprint in the earth, and you're doing something that's creative. That's being eco-friendly, right? And saving money. It may cost you a little bit of your time, but how about it? recommendation. So the other thing is creating new memories that you could do through suggesting or creating an event around third party sharing, getting all your friends and family to volunteer. Let's say maybe it's uh, preparing a Thanksgiving meal for uh, a homeless shelter and creating an event so that you all participate. And then after that, maybe follow up by going to um, one of the participants out home and have a little mini meal or hors d'oeuvres and dessert, you know, and say, you know, we for went, you know, uh, Christmas or dinner for Thanksgiving because we wanted to do something different consciously and give to other people. I, I love that. I think that's a great idea. Uh, that's just a really, really wonderful idea. So for example, something that I did, um, you know, it makes me think about this year, um, month of December, because I consciously wanted to do something that was not in excess of uh, all of the parties. And, you know, you find yourself over, overeating and, you know, from sweets and, and uh, alcohol beverages and, and meats and cheeses and butter. And it is excessive. And again, we're in a culture of excess that it's supposed to be commonplace. We're supposed to have anything we want that, you know, and we get it fast. That's why we have so many fast food places, because we want everything instantly and gratification. But I don't think that uh, the month of December is an excuse for being excessive. So therefore, I chose consciously to fast. Uh, for about 15 days until sundown, okay? And for me, it means that 
I'm just getting a little ahead of controls and discipline about, you know, my behavior towards eating because I don't want to wait just till the beginning of the year and say, you know, okay, it's time for me to, you know, my New Year's resolution is that I'm going to lose 50 pounds and I'm going to diet and, you know, fast and only eat apples uh, on the weekends. <laughs> I'm just saying. But, you know, again, it's just all about being mindful and uh, being setting some parameters for myself. And, you know, so that the expectations that I have to fulfill, I have me to count on to fill them. And I think the idea of, of foregoing Christmas or foregoing Thanksgiving to do something with, you know, for a third party and bringing friends to be a part of that participation is a wonderful and gratifying, uh, willful purpose. You know, it's just something to think about in the future. But anyway, but, you know, creating new memories and thoughts uh, around the shared uh, event is a wonderful way to do something different and not just fall into the routine that, you know, you got to go broke, you got to, you know, spend, you got to go into debt and do something that's meaningful. And you know what? And even if other people don't want to do it, make it a solo thing and just opt out of the whole participation and buying into the the whole routine that everybody takes for granted anyway. You know, I'm not saying that you miss the meaning of Christmas, you know, uh, for, for people who don't attach any meaning to it other than it means I'm supposed to have what I want and buy for myself and, and me, 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 me. And go broke for everybody else, but you know, and it has been not tied to what the origin of Christmas means. It's really like missing the mark, right? So we brought into consumerism and capitalism, but we're unconscious. <laughs> they win, not you. So, you know, uh, there's other things you could do. Let's say um, you could cr- create a clothes drive. And just say, you know, I'm not doing gifts. I'm not going broke this year. But I want to get my, all my friends to just give one gift. And don't give it to me. Maybe just buy a set of gloves I'm taking to the homeless. Or, you know, uh, a bunch of socks I want to take to a kid's shelter. You know, or a home that's for kids. Or or you want to give even to the the centers, the, the detention centers that's holding the people, the deportees. You know, for those kids, I mean, that's, you know, something that makes life much more fulfilling and meaningful all around the season. And it's not about excess, excess, excess. We'll probably have enough excess right now. Right now, if you look into your closet, you probably have more than enough just around the house. We're such consumers. We're always bringing things in. Do you ever take things out besides trash? Really? You just hold on to everything. Sometimes we need to let stuff go. Live a little lighter. Clear our heads and our consciousness. And be able to have a clear mind to make decisions. And not just buy into consumerism. Or the other things that that distract our attention. You know, even around politics. People can't are so divided. 
That's because we're so caught up in, in, in excess. You know, it's about, oh, my side, we believe I want, and I, therefore I don't want them. People are caught up, and it's ignorance. And maybe it's because, America, we take so much for granted. Just take a lot for granted. And uh, instead of doing that, you know, just get clear for yourself. I think maybe it's just time to rethink Christmas. So if you find that you don't have a budget or funds to leverage the spending, then don't spend the money. Rather spend quality time or service with others that bring personal value, self-fulfillment, and spiritual gratification. And it doesn't have to have anything to do with spending money. And that's my two cents about rethinking Christmas and post-holiday anxieties. So I'd like to go into my She Rise and She Rose. This is uh, the moment that I like to honor a shero. And my shero for the, today is Ave DuVernay, a sister extraordinaire. Ave DuVernay was born August 24, uh, 4th, 1972 in Long Beach, California. She was raised in Linwood, California, which is... Uh, just uh, maybe a town or so next to Compton, same area, but much nicer. She is a UC, a graduate of UCLA. We know her as American filmmaker and film distributor, which that part I didn't know. She is the recipient of the directing award in the U.S. Dramatic Competition of 2012 at the Sundance Film Festival, and she received it for her second film feature titled Middle of Nowhere. She is the first African-American to uh, win the award in 2014. Uh, as uh, to re- I'm sorry, she, she was the first in uh, 2014 or 2012 to receive the Sundance Film Festival Award af- of African-American women. And in 2014, she is the first African-American female to receive a Golden Globe nomination for the Best Director of Selma. In 2016, she became creator and executive producer of the TV series titled Queen Sugar, along with Oprah Winfrey as executive producer. It is a uh, series that is based on a novel with the same name and very popular at that. In 2017, for the documentary 13th, she received the Peabody Award for this revealing documentary on the uh, connection of uh, slavery and uh, current day incarceration of of African American males. And in 2019, on Netflix, she is recognized for the creation and the production of When They See Us. It is the untold story about the unjust incarceration of the young African-American miners dubbed the Central Park Five, the same uh, group of young males in which Trump put out a full ad in the New York Times uh, 
suggesting that they be put to death. Well, we'd like to say here on Sister Love Untethered and Under the Radar, thank you to uh, uh, to Ave DuVernay. We honor you for your work, your strength, your leadership, your courage, your creativity, and for giving us motivation and the, with the never give up spirit. You're awesome and a sister extraordinaire. We honor you. Okay, I am going to close uh, in this less than a little over half hour solo cast with my five points of this I believe. Number one, this I believe you are never too old to reinvent yourself. Number two, a human may grant another impunity, but karma is certain. Number three, today is a good day to learn something new. Number four, God put people in your life for a time and for a purpose. Number five, sometimes you must give in to accept the lesson, but it doesn't mean that you have to give up. And that I believe. So that's it for my show today. Thank you for listening to uh, Sister Love, uh, Untethered and Under the Radar. You can follow me. Uh, that's Sonia Brooks, S-O-N-J-A, on Instagram. And also, Song B and Vibe Crew on Instagram. Uh, check out the Vibe Juice, Juice podcast and uh, the Twitter page, the Vibe Juice. That's the other podcast. So be sure to check out um, the my blog spot, which is uh, HQ for Life. It is Humor, Health, and Happiness. That's h3life.blogspot.com. Be sure to add Sister Love to your feed. Remember, your support not only comes through Patreon, but also by sharing and leaving a five-star on iTunes, Stitcher, or any podcast platform that you listen to. So just remember, every day is a new day. It may begin with hurt, but you can end it with healing. From pain to possibilities, making each day more appealing. Defeat to determination and despair into opportunity. See them as perfect imperfections. All the things that help you to become extraordinary. So until next time, I look forward to you in 2020. And thank you for listening to Sister Love 2019. So uh, looking forward to the new year. Be well. Thank you and peace, y'all.